The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just like to begin by wishing all of our American listeners a happy Thanksgiving for tomorrow. And actually, let's have a happy Thanksgiving for everybody who is listening on the call from wherever they are. And let's uh, also embrace Thanksgiving and gratitude on a daily basis. And I'm really indebted to Dr. Bob Whitehouse, who's joining us today, uh, to giving up some of his preparation time for Thanksgiving tomorrow to, to be with us on the show today. And I'm really looking forward to hear what Bob has to say because the information that he has is fundamentally important to our understanding of what is taking place on our beautiful planet uh, in the world today. So welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you, Peter. So perhaps we should begin by, uh, before we're getting into the Taurus projects, you talking a bit about your own professional career that came before the, the Taurus project. Well, I was a psychology professor uh, before I went into uh, private practice in psychology and biofeedback, having started one of the nation's first uh, biofeedback programs, college biofeedback programs. And I ran across in 1979 the works of Arthur Young, and I was so astonished, uh, even in the first few pages, in realizing what he had uncovered that is so powerfully important for us for understanding where we are today, how things evolved, and where we're headed that I've spent the last 33, actually 34 years now studying his works and have only recently had some powerful new insights about uh, uh, what he was saying and, and what we can propose as a new story. And that's what you're here to share with us today. So why don't you go ahead and, and begin telling us about this really important information? Okay. Well, it's going to be several parts. One is... Um, kind of a new story of the universe and how it's put in motion by purpose and about some new understandings about the nature of light. Um, it has, this information has the potential of rec uh, reconciling science, religion, and philosophies so that we can tell the same story. It is also a story about our purpose and, and role in being here. And uh, to me, there is profound reason to hope uh, that we make it through this, this turning point and some strong implications about what we must do uh, to be able to uh, bring it home, so to speak. 
Now, Arthur Young was, was, was doing this work in the 70s, and obviously you uh, were quite inspired by, by what you read about his work. Did you actually connect with him? I did, although it took about three years before I actually uh, found him and could connect with him after I had done my writing about it and after I had read his books. He's the fellow who, whose first claim to fame was inventing the Bell helicopter. And then he went on to make the discovery that the Einstein-Eddington formula for the universe had a shape that no one had realized before. It's actually a shape that reconciles the quantum and relativity theory um, and is the leading candidate for the, the theory of everything. Now, he called his work the theory of process, uh, not the uh, theory of everything. Uh, but his theory of process is a theory of everything. It's, it's pretty unique. So, so tell us about the shape. Okay. So the torus, that's spelled T-O-R-U-S. Uh, to think about the, the shape here, picture a donut, only not a donut with a, a large uh, hole, but more of an apple-shaped donut where there's like an infinitely small um, holy core, if you will, there. So the torus shape, uh, this donut shape, um, there are several unique uh, aspects about it. Well, for one thing, the satellites we sent out to come back with the, the shape of the universe, some of them concluded that the information was saying, oh my gosh, it's a donut after all. But this was even after he had come up with uh, his realization about this. So this, this apple donut shape, you, you could, another way you could picture it like from a side view would be the electromagnetic field. You know, we all have pictures, you know, from grade school on up of what the electromagnetic field looks like. So that's a static image, a side view of it. The torus, the donut shape, if you will, think of the two circles of it. The, if you ran your fingers around the outside, that's one circle. If you ran your fingers through or one finger through the middle in a circle, that's the other circle of it. And it, it, mathematically, it's the, the product of those, those two circles. Another unique thing about the, the torus is that the shape of it suggests something about the motions, not only the two rotations, the up and down and the around, but when you put those all together, it actually comes together in a seven-point or seven-color double spiral. So... Um, if you wanted to get a picture of that, even while we were talking, uh, you could open your computer to arthuryoung.com and um, you could go to, uh, click on poster and you'll see one view of the torus, like from the side view where you're looking at the way the spirals of the torus go. And then if you open another link there on hypersphere, you'll see the seven, how the seven colors wind around this. Mathematically, it takes seven colors to map out all parts of the torus. And the unique thing about that is that this is the only shape by which um, one color or one point touches all of the others. So it's, it's a model of how the individual and the whole or the total all are interconnected one to another. So that's pretty interesting all by itself there. 
The torus also is the only shape that morphs into anything else, like from a donut to a cup to a tree to a human being. To So it takes all of these different uh, shapes. And the movement of the torus in this this double spiraling movement is the the only way something can move in its own medium. So when you think about when the when it's cold outside and you you know you uh, open your lips and you exhale, you see that rolling um, uh, smoke ring of air coming out. Or if you puff out of a pipe, you'll see that rolling. Uh, double spiral, that toroidal shape that keeps on moving. So that's the only way that something can move within its own medium. It's the way water moves, like in the, tor- the tornado fashion. It's the way air moves. Um, and it's, it's a bootstrapping kind of motion. If you go back to this original shape and you think about, like, full, uh, you know, moving this torus, you know, spiraling it in and out, and turning it at the same time, you'll see that this is the sort of fountain-like motion that keeps something going. It it spirals out, and then it spirals back in, back through itself, and to complete one cycle, and then it starts again. So it's it's the pattern of perpetual motion. So, Bob, one of the challenges we have as uh, through our education system is that we look we were taught through books and and two dimensions and so to see a structure and then recognize and realize that it's in constant dynamic motion which is how it actually contains itself is a bit of a stretch for some of us and so so the explanation you've given is great and the key thing to for people to know i think is that this this structure is self-contained within itself it is it is and there's so much more to be said about it but but what I'd like to do right now is say how well, let's play with the torus as the shape of the universe, and let's see what science tells us about what we're made of. So you know, science would agree that um, that humans, animals, and plants are made of cells. And then if we keep taking things apart in in science's reductionism, what do we find that cells are made up of? And everyone can answer this themselves, made up of molecules. And then further, what, what are molecules made up of? Atoms. If we take that apart, what do we find? You know, that atoms are made up of, they're made up of particles, which are really not things. They're, they're energy uh, movements. And so science is stuck right now in trying to figure out what is either the ultimate particle or what is the oneness that uh, everything is made up of? What is the uh, what Einstein was looking for and others since then? The grand unified field theory, or the GUT, the grand unified theory, and they haven't quite come up with that. And what Arthur Young suggests here is that the reason that they haven't is that they have overlooked. Um, the one thing from which everything else evolves, and that is the nature of light itself. If you take the smallest particle of light, which we call the photon, the, the, the photons or the, the nature of light is, is different than all the other particles. 
because with the other particles, as you get smaller, you lose energy. But with the photon, the smaller the particle or the smaller the photon, the, the unit or packet of light, the more energy. So the infinitely small photon, the smallest possible aspect of light, would contain infinite energy. And so that would meet the criterion for this original oneness from which everything else derives. Now, one of the aspects of, of light that we can take into account here is that it has angular momentum or it has spin. It has motion. And that um, if you think of the smallest possible photon, think of this. This would be that which exists before space and time or outside of space and time. It would have no thingness to it. There would be no mass to it, so it has no thingness. It would have all power. It could manifest any time, anywhere. In other words, it could create time or space. So where have we ever heard stories of that which is outside of space and time, but has the, the power to create everything? So from a physics standpoint, Although physicists have not accepted this yet, we could say that the smallest photon would meet the criterion for being able to to create something out of nothing, out of no thing, is the way we should put that. So just to clarify, Bob, um, so you're saying that that infinitely small photon is is also in this torus shape? Well, I'm going. I'm saying that's the case now. As close as Arthur Young came to that, he said that when you look at it, the topology of particles, which would include uh, photons, and the uh, the size or, or shape or, and movement of the entire universe would both be toroidal. And so what finally came to me was that, okay, if... Oh, 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 and I should add one other thing here. In the last pages of his writings before he died in, in 1995, he suggested that perhaps he was wondering if perhaps the, uh, the quote, the form of a photon would be uh, toroidal in nature. So that gave me... Uh, a chance to explore that intuitively and what I what came to me was okay if we have the largest universe as the torus and we have the smallest universe or the nature of light as being having toroidal properties then what would happen is that as something moved from its smallest toroidal light nature into the largest it would be spiraling in the toroidal pattern the, the double, the two spirals, the out spiral and the in spiral, both of which make up one complete cycle of the um, of of, a, of the torus. So, Bob, so, we're actually we need to take our first break at this point. Okay. So, we'll let our listeners take a breath and begin to wrap their heads around this, and we'll return with Bob Whitehouse in a moment. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. is the 7th Wave Channel. 
on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Are you looking to advance spiritually? Listen each week for Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom. Your host, Medium Maureen Allen, will cover an array of spiritual topics aimed to help you advance your soul's desired growth. Each week, areas of spirituality will be discussed and explored ranging from strange, paranormal experiences to heaven, spirit guides, and angels. To learn more about the other dimensions and how to better assist your path of evolution, tune into Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom, every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com where all of my guests' radio shows, over 230 now, are all listed alphabetically and chronologically and a little description of each show. And also, um, my November newsletter is already online, and my December one will be out actually tomorrow for Thanksgiving. And there are two extraordinary photographs uh, in the Scorpio workshop um, article which are well worth uh, a close look at uh, they are quite extraordinary and also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our ambassadors of light program and we will have a class the next class on December the 5th where I will be giving people an update on what is happening in the world of consciousness and spirit from my perspective I have with me today Dr. Bob Whitehouse who before the break, was giving us a really fascinating insight into the nature of things through the structure of the Taurus. And Bob, the way you were speaking uh, s- seemed to be suggesting some pattern of evolution here from this toroidal structure. It certainly is. And so part of what I want to share now is from Arthur Young, part is from contemporary physics, and part of, of how the uh, evolution occurs in this double spiral pattern uh, is uh, my putting that putting several things together here. So I'm perfectly willing to be wrong, 
uh, here, and I want to invite people to test these ideas out, just as Arthur Young did with the theory in general and with the helicopter, see if it flies. <laughs> so as we, if, if we've gotten down to the, the fundamental nature of things is the nature of light, which has no resting mass, has no thingness to it. How do we get from there to, you know, anything else? Well, as, as light rotates, it, it spins. And what we can say from uh, the standpoint of contemporary physics is that uh, when we're talking about how that spin or how creation occurs in what's usually called the Big Bang, but it should be more properly called the Big Flash uh, Bang, that they're saying that as soon as that explosion, or I would say that rotation of light, that creation of light, um, by whatever name you want to call that, as it creates it in a picosecond, that's in a trillionth of a second, light spirals out um, and creates time and particles. You know, it creates the... Um, the electrons and the protons. It creates all duality. So this is one of the, the fairly forgotten things, that light creates particles. So we get light creating particles in all duality in a trillionth of a second. And then a billionth of a second later, we get the creation of space and the beginning of atoms. And then it, over the next 300,000 years to uh, over a bill, up to 15 billion years, we get the atoms, you know, evolving to where they've created stars and galaxies and the atoms combine into molecules and then we get um, planets and um, eventually ourselves. Now, it's interesting that we find that even the planets exist in what's called the phi ratio, one to another. They're in a proportion to each other, just like the way we are built. If you take your index finger, for example, and you measure the first part from your, your fingernail to the first knuckle, and then you measure from the first knuckle to the second knuckle, and you make a ratio of those, you compare those, you're going to be approximately the phi ratio, 1.816. And then if you measure to the, uh, well, if you take that, that um, first knuckle to the second knuckle and compare that to the, the beginning length, you, know, you also get that phi ratio. So it turns out that our entire bodies are constructed in this same kind of ratio, not precisely the same with everyone, but if we averaged all of our data together, we would get this same phi ratio, which is the way the planets are arranged one to another. So I'm suggesting that if we, if we come back to this torus and we take that, that, that spiral color view that you see on, on one of the web pages there, it's like looking into that. If we look at the spiral that comes out of that, I'm suggesting that that may be either the phi ratio or very close to the phi ratio as it spirals out, creating the spiral of time, the spiral of space, and then the spiral um, that becomes molecules. Now, to, to just very quickly 
use another way to show how we could get there. If we go to geometry, we could think of this as an evolution of points. If we start with light as being like one point that could be anywhere, and then we spiral or create like another point coming out of that, we've actually created length or longing, if you will, or duality. We've got the source and then we've got a, uh, a second point. We've got, we've created time to get there. If we create an, if we make another point, now we have defined a space. We have a, we can connect the dots and make a triangle or spin it and make a circle with a dot in the center. If we add a, a fourth point, we actually create a, a cube, or if we spin that, we get a sphere. So we could think of evolution as being like that. And we know that by the time we get to the cube or the sphere, we know from the platonic solids that all of the structures within that are all in phi ratio one to another. Now, the phi ratio is also called the divine proportion, by the way, just for curiosity's sake there at the moment. So uh, after you've got the, the sphere or the, the cube, if evolution continues from there, what happens next? Well, we've already defined, we've already gone from beyond space and time to the creation of time to the creation of space, and now at the molecular kingdom we have space and time. The, the world we live in, that we can take things apart and put them together again in, in new combinations. That's the opportunity we have there. But what happens from there? How do we get from that to life? So if, you, if, you're, if we're looking at the evolution of the seven points that make up the torus, and we've already got the sphere or the solids, and we've defined space and time, where can that spiral go? The only place it can go is inside. So as it goes inside, then energy gets stored. And when you get the right combination, we get what's called the beginning of life. Uh, when energy is stored within, begins to organize, begins to break through the shell, and to organize light into energy and uh, and spiral back towards the light. That's what plants do. So, you know, here we get in nature this evolutionary process of how we get to the fifth point where energy is stored within, and then motion begins to grow within. And then point six and seven is where we get, you know, the other two aspects of the torus, and if we apply that to general evolution... The next part after plants would be the evolution of animals and then humans. And Arthur says that the, the reason that we're different from other animals, just like the light photon uh, particle is different from the other particles, we are different from other animals because he says animals live by what we normally call instinct or he called the group soul. And he said that our, our purpose is to individuate, to find our own way home. So we're getting, if you will, the second miracle, which is the beginning of life that happens as energy, as movement in the universe turns within and starts another cycle. That's this beginning of life that comes about in cellular form and then becomes plants and then animals and humans.
So, um, and by the way, plants spiral back towards light and are constructed in the in the, the phi ratio in in the same way everything else is. So there's some hidden secrets here in nature about this this double spiral phi ratio nature of who we are and and what's happening. So um, let me jump ahead here and talk about how this would apply to human evolution and and what we can say about where we are here now. Remember, we're looking at the torus as having two spirals, a, a downward outward spiral, which we could describe as this descent from uh, or evolution from light into particles, atoms, and then molecules. Or we could use the spiritual terms for that, the descent of spirit into matter, and talk about how uh, we would experience that as spirit or intuition. The second level would be the soul or and the emotions, the soul at the deeper level, the timeless aspect of ourself and the emotions, the positive-negative charges there, like particles. And then the third level uh, would be the equivalent of atoms, which would be uh, our mind that gives identity or center to something. And then the fourth realm, like uh, the molecular realm, the realm of matter, our bodies. So here we have those four aspects, these four levels of being that we are made of. So the point here is that we have everything that we need. So here we are living in the the world of matter, having gone through the hunter-gatherer stage and the tribal stage and the, the city uh, stage and the uh, then the modern human stage that we're at. And like in the realm of molecules in general, Molecules can be taken apart and put together in new combination. Bob, I'm going to get you to pause there because uh, we're at our next break and it's the perfect place, again, for people to reflect for a moment. And then when we come back, we'll get to this very, very important moment in time. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being outside the box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery? Waiting for your prince, princess to come? Even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply, and what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for Tools to Being Outside the Box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows, Sherry Chase of uh, Chase International Real Estate Company, beautiful Lake Tahoe and in Reno, Nevada. And also to thank my producer, Brandy Jackson, and our regular engineer, Matt, for providing the opportunity for me to bring such powerful and gifted uh, guests to talk to us about their awareness uh, as we proceed on this wonderful awakening journey that we are on. And my guest today, Bob Whitehouse, is actually about to give us uh, an explanation from this perspective of light and the toroid about this awakening process that we are on the verge of from a universal perspective. So, Bob, back to you. Thank you. So we're talking about how in the Taurus, the seven stages of the evolution of the universe, the seven stages of the evolution of human consci- or of consciousness in general, uh, we're looking at where we are as, as humans. So we're at the seventh stage, and we're now looking at the sub-stages of where we are as humankind. And we've talked about how we're at the fourth sub-stage, and that's... The, the same as the nature of molecules or matter in the, evolu- in the seven-stage evolution in general. So how are we like molecules? Well, we exist in space and time. Uh, we're made up of atoms and particles and that which we have not necessarily recognized, which is that everything is made up of light. Uh, we're filled with light. It's what we come from, and, and it is absolutely everywhere, whether we see it or not. We're not just talking sunlight. We're talking about all nature of light. So in this evolution of the, the torus, the spiral out is at the fourth stage with molecules. And molecules we know, since they exist in space and time, like everything around us, we can take the, them apart. We can take our tables apart. We can take molecules apart uh, we, and put them together in new combinations. We can make computers. We can make uh, vehicles. We can make all the things that we have. That's all from being able to realize that molecules can be taken apart and put together in new combination. So we could say that we're living in that material world at the stage where Many things are coming apart. 
And you can, all can reflect on in your own life what you see coming apart in your personal life, in the lives of those around you, and life on this earth at this time. You can take a look and see how many things are coming apart. Now, here's where it gets very interesting because the challenge and the opportunity here is to see that when things come apart, we have the opportunity to learn from that which is not sustainable or life-producing and put things together in new form that is life-sustaining and is life-producing and sustaining uh, that's like the original beginning of life. So this, we're at this turning point where what's available to us is an awakening to what it will take what it means to be more fully human and what it is that we need to do to um, have a continued existence. Now, because we're at this time where this crisis point of where things are coming apart, there's no guarantee that we will make it. But Take into account the fact that this very toroidal shape, which to me gives profound reason to hope, because when there is this turning point, this new combination, this new, this right combination, right timing, this new beginning of life, this rebirth of who we are as individuals and, and as human beings, we know from this template of the Taurus what comes next in this beginning of life is the the uh, the plant kingdom, where growth is organized, life giving, life sustaining, uh, and has has movement that eventually becomes uh, in other forms, cellular forms, becomes animals and becomes humans. So the template is there, and we can look to nature to tell us more about what it is that we need to do there. And I'm, I want to you know, turn to that in just a little bit, but also to suggest that once we've started this inward turn, started this awakening, started getting the right combinations of things, sort of seeing the light, so to speak, we get this new profound way of relating one to another and uh, to the earth. We're starting to realize our potentials. So, Bob, so if I can just interrupt for one second, I just, so I'm really clear here. So you're basically saying when you look at uh, our evolution and time and space and its toroidal nature, that you, you, you're actually saying we, we know where we are in that actual structure on this turning point and turning inward on this journey. Is, is that correct? Yes, we're halfway through what our, our potentials are. We are in our own evolution as the clam is to us. In other words, we're that... In, in a sense, that far from being from realizing our fullest potential or purpose. But the next thing that we can realize at this substage, at the fifth stage, would be the human equivalent of the plant kingdom, which a, a good way of thinking of that is what I would call the flowering of our own creative genius, finding that which is unique about why each of us is here, and, and finding the way to express that. So we know that quite a number of people, especially uh, conscious co-creators, are functioning at that kind of level, of the level of, of a larger realization, a larger sense of identity, a larger sense of, 
of what we're here for and what we need to do. So that uh, that is available to us at this time. In the future, in the dist- far distant future, is the possibility of of the sixth substage of humankind, which would be like the the superhuman abilities, the ability to perform miracles, to truly transform things, not by magic, but truly transform things like the um, the Jesus and the Buddhas and the uh, you know Sai Baba and, and various others who um, are very spiritually evolved. Um, and then, you know, I'm pretty presumptive here as to suggest that perhaps the the seventh stage would be the ultimate at one the ultimate ability to be at one with who we are, with what creation is, and to take whatever form, whatever time, uh, whatever uh, was needed. So, you know, that's just, I have to say, that's an intuition that's uh, uh, on my part there. So, Bob, just again, so I can, I can be clear. So, we individually have reached a certain stage within our own toroidal uh, process, and there is presumably a collective toroidal process. So yeah. how, how does how each of us uh, go through this, this, this change, this transformation, right. how is that impacting the planet itself, the collective? How does that work? Well, my deepest sense of that is that, first of all, it happens individually. The, this kind of inner awakening to who we really are. It happens individually, but it's also a grassroots kind of thing because it's happening widely, simultaneously in many other people at the same time. And so in that sense, as we know with self-actualizing people, for example, who are starting to realize their own creative genius, the flowering of, of the, their sense of purpose, they even though they recognize their individuality, they feel deeply connected to everything else. And that's the other part of the Taurus. Every part is connected to all of the others. We're holographically interconnected. And so when we start getting into these insights and ways of functioning that that guide our behavior in some new directions, um we start affecting other people and that that rapidly things start organizing. So what we need to do to make it, you know, through this turning point is to recognize the laws of what doesn't work and what does work and what's life-sustaining and what's not. So if we could look at the first half of our evolution, where we are now, as kind of being the uh, downward, outward, um, masculine um, side of, of or movement in evolution. And at this turning point, what we're doing is beginning to turn inward and start the growth of a new life inward and upward, which is often called the, the, um, the beginning or the rise of the feminine. It's the, it's the, ha- the second half of the mythic journey of bringing the treasure home. And so there's much for us to do here, and there's reason to hope because this toroidal template is predictive of what's available, but it also means we have to learn the laws of determinism 
to be able to free ourselves to to create that which is sustaining. And I'm going to go so far as to say that as I've played with this recently and realized, uh, at least intuitively, that if the universe is toroidal and the movement of things is toroidal, in other words, this downward-outward movement and this inward-upward movement that completes the toroidal seven stages, that that's not only the same as the nature of our breath and the way our heart works, but it is... um, it, it would, to me, suggest that even the nature of light itself is toroidal. And that, and that if we can say that that which starts it all is outside of space and time and has all power to create everything, but then comes into everything and filling everything in sort of hidden ways, because we can't see light. We only see via light. We see, we absorb uh, photons and 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 um, see from from or with photons, we might say. So I'm suggesting that if we come from this outside of space and time, all power that creates everything and comes into everything, that one of the realizations that we could come to here is that um, uh, that which is divine, if you will, starts it all from outside but then comes into, creates and comes into everything hidden in this divine spiral or divine light nature. And so if we can come to see that, one of the things we can do is begin to see that everything is constructed in divine form or approximating it. And we can see the divinity or the sacredness in everything, but we have to realize that we don't act accordingly. So one of the challenges there is to learn how to recognize this divinity in everything and to learn to act divinely one to another and one to, you know, to, how, to the, how we relate to the earth and so on. So, Bob, we're actually coming up to our final break there, and it's a great opportunity, again, to take a breath, see that toroidal smoke come out, and on our return... I'm going to ask you to actually talk about how people can indeed embrace this divinity within all of us, anything that's living on this beautiful planet of ours. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. 
Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I really think today's show is of tremendous importance and significance, particularly to those people who like to have a scientific or philosophical explanation for what is happening in the world today. And I fundamentally believe that what Bob uh, is talking about is discovering himself with the support of of Arthur Young and, and others is this really beautiful, condensed image of how our evolution has taken place over these eons of time. And not only that, but where we actually are in the journey and the opportunity and potential that we have to move through this turning point and create a glorious future for ourselves, for humanity, and for the planet itself. So I I do urge you to listen to this show carefully and also follow up with the information that Bob is, is now going to share with us. So, Bob, if people want to connect to, to your work and to Arthur Young's work, just give us the, the best information you can on that. Sure. For Arthur's works, go to arthuryoung.com, uh, and you can find the listing of all uh, his books, essays, uh, videos, movies, posters. Uh, that's your best source right now. And soon there will be uh, Frank Barr's uh, about 900-page book on this called uh, From Light to Enlightenment. And I'm still working on my book called The Taurus Project. And you can reach me at uh, bob at the Taurus Project. That's T-O-R-U-S project.com. We're also uh, producing, uh, a team of us right now is putting together a year-long, well, a 10-session university course to be uh, premiered at the University of uh, Philosophic Research uh, next year uh, on the works of Arthur Young. So what I'd like to do is um, start with just a comment from Arthur and then go into some specific applications and then some ending quotes here. Um, Arthur says, nothing is created without a purpose. And you can think about that and, um, I think, arrive at the same conclusion there. So if creation happened and the universe exists, you know, we can really seriously, in some new ways, ponder, well, what would be the purpose here? And the last quote I'll end with is a quote from Arthur about that. So as far as some applications, some implications and applications, to me, one of the first things is that I think if we can agree 
on this nature of light as starting it all, that finally religions, philosophies, and science can agree that we're telling the same story. Now, can you imagine what that would be if instead of fighting between the disciplines, between the religions, between the philosophies, if we could agree on the same story, wouldn't it be a lot easier to get on with it? And maybe we could stop our our warring with one another over, you know, what is true. And even the question of imminence and transcendence, you know, if, if my intuition is correct here, uh, that which starts it all by whatever name you know that, also comes into everything and it lies there waiting for us to awaken to that and who we are in relation to that. So imagine if we did these things, what a, a new science would look like. A science that explained things in a much more dynamic, living way. That A science that had humankind restored to the picture. Arthur actually goes into that uh, in his book. He actually shows the mathematics for re- restoring humankind into physics, actually. Imagine what education could be like if we began to see things in some of these new ways. Um, As far as other applications, we're going to have new toroidal energy forms. I mean, we're already pursuing energy, and the, the largest machine ever is called the Joint European Taurus. You know, where it's, it's gigantic toroidal machines that, where they're trying to create the energy of creation and see if we can contain it. But they're using the conventional method of smashing things into one another, thinking that light comes from that. But what happens, there is the forgetting that light starts it all. And if we got straight on that, we could make better use of, of the energy sources that are already there. Um, there are also many new machines that are attempting to have over-unity uh, energy. In other words, that they'll produce more energy than it takes to get them started. Imagine um, what it would be to have new ways of viewing ourselves and um, other people, to see ourselves as planetary humans, to co-create, to come together. Um, and to collectively start working on how to, you know, have life sustainable, to bring, to bring it all home. Now, also just comment about um, how the heart and the breath relate to this, because this is something very practical that, that each of you can do. It turns out that the heart has seven layers of muscle, which are wound in the same double spiral toroidal pattern. And the, the, the way our blood flows through us is in a toroidal fashion. The way our nervous system is created is toroidal. The way our breath moves is toroidal. There's an in-spiral and an out-spiral. Think of the words inspiration, expiration. Those are the terms related to those two halves of the spiral. And then we're finding now a science of resonance where if you get your heart and your breath together, where you're breathing easily, making sure that whatever comes in comes back out so you're not taking too deep a breath. You're finishing the breath. That's what gives you the oxygen you need. And as you slow and let your breath get nice and easy there, that brings your heart into coherence with that in this ideal rhythm that we call heart rate variability. 
and brings you to what is your heart's resonant frequency. That's the strongest vibratory force in your entire body. And that becomes an organizing principle that starts to bring all the systems towards normal and optimal. So this is something you can do now. And if you do that and you also connect with a positive emotion, like in the heart math approaches where you're connecting with appreciation or particularly now thankfulness, and you put out an intention, you're more likely to have an impact um, on what's um, what's going to be happening. So, Bob, we've got uh, one minute left, so you need to get your two quotes in before we close. So the... Um, the quote I want to give from Arthur Young is, um, I'll, I'll give you the shortened version of it. It's the last line in his book, The Reflexive Universe, um, which is one of his two uh, key books, uh, the other one being The Geometry of Meaning. He says, he's talking about recognition as the light that dawns when we, quote, see the light. He says, it is a positive creation of light, thus creation comes at last to recognize, or we could say recognize itself. That is what the real uh, light or enlightenment, uh, what the real light of seeing is. And then and the other quote is um, from the Dakota and Lakota Sioux, the Mintaku Yasin, a reminder that we are all related. We're all completely connected to everything that ever was and ever will be. We're ab- each of us is absolutely indispensable to the universe. And so my, my invitation is to recognize, you know, this divinity in things and learn how to, to act accordingly so that we can truly bring it home. And to me, that's not only reason to hope, but it is also a happy Thanksgiving message. You know, thanks is forgiving. So thank you, Bob, and we're right at the end of our time, and I really appreciate your time today and the wonderful work that you are doing and continuing Arthur Young's work, and I really appreciate what you've brought to uh, to our show today. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Peter, and thanks, everyone, for listening. I think this one requires uh, at least a second listen to. Very important uh, information, and as Bob said, giving us wonderful hope for the future. My guest next week is Neil Kramer, who's another wonderful person who's been on this show before and always has a fantastic message and I know that he will next week so please join us next week with Neil Gramer. Have a wonderful week, a happy Thanksgiving to everybody and it's uh, hopefully a wonderful week for everybody. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.